This is Rock and Roll English. Real people, real English. Here's your host, Martin Johnston. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Rock and Roll English. Episode number 129, baby. Oh yeah. And today is a very special day because it is the first episode in the series of Expert Secrets. If you're asking yourself, what the hell are you talking about, Martin? What are these expert secrets? You obviously didn't listen to last Thursday's episode, where I said I will be speaking to English teachers all around the world, language experts, to get advice, to get resources and stuff like this. Um, Mainly because I think that everyone has different ideas, has different techniques for teaching, and they could be helpful for you. Just one of them might be helpful, because obviously the same thing doesn't work for everyone. Maybe one teacher recommends one resource, and you think, oh, that's absolutely shit, I hate it. But another teacher recommends a resource, and you think, that's absolutely brilliant. But maybe I think it's shit. That's the beauty of sharing different ideas. You can see what you like, take it and use it, baby. So if you listen to all of these episodes, I guarantee, I absolutely guarantee you will find stuff that you like and that will help you on your journey in learning English. And what a guest I have for you today. A great way to start it, obviously. Um, I speak to Stan Miles from South Korea, who has a very interesting story to tell you and some absolutely brilliant and I mean brilliant techniques to share and as we have a special guest here on the podcast obviously there is a transcript that you can download from the website rockandrollenglish.com so if you go there find this episode episode number 128 then you can download the transcript and obviously if you're a rock and roll english family member you have the transcript on your phone. That's the benefit of being part of the family, isn't it? Anyway, I will stop talking now and let you enjoy this conversation between myself and Stan. Happy listening. Hello, Stan, and welcome to Rock and Roll English. Uh, Hello, thanks for having me. No problem at all. Thanks for taking the time to speak to us. Tell the listeners again where you're um, speaking to us from. Uh, I am in South Korea. Fantastic. Um, Speaking to people all over the world because Uh Rock and Roll English is an international community and it's absolutely brilliant to have you on. Um, So I've asked you on, Stan, because I've come across your YouTube channel, which I think is absolutely brilliant. And I've seen your method of teaching English and I just want you to try and share a few things with us. Is that okay? Of course. Yeah. Perfect. So first of all, tell us, how did you learn English? Uh, well, I actually spent a uh, quite a bit of time overseas with my family. Mm-hmm. I went to the my parents decided when I was around five years old to move to the U.S. and we moved mm-hmm. to uh, the western uh, western part of the U.S. California. And mm-hmm. I I studied. We lived there for about seven between seven to eight years. So okay. when I was th- when I went there, I was five. And I graduated elementary school, and we uh, we all came back together around 1994, I believe. Okay. And mm-hmm. just out of interest, do you remember when you went there? Because what was it like? I imagine you didn't speak a word of English when you arrived. Actually, one of my earliest memories uh, as a child was crying in school. Um, <laughs> I I did that Sounds- quite a lot uh, when we were first uh, 
settling there. And uh, I remember out of frustration, like yelling at the teachers in Korean that I couldn't, <laughs> I didn't understand what they were saying. And I especially remember this one experience when we were all standing in line at the water fountain trying to get some water. And I don't know why, but to me at the time, the fountain looked so dirty and I didn't know whether it was okay to drink it. Yeah. To actually swallow the water, or whether it was meant to just, you know, just wet our lips, and and I remember I wanted to know because I was really thirsty, but I wasn't sure if I was, you know, supposed to drink it or not, and just the whole it was just a nightmare back then. Yeah, so it sounds like a really nice experience. I don't want to cause any problems to bring up these terrible memories for you. Um, but right. I, but let's move to the next question then, because obviously okay. I suppose you had. I wouldn't say an advantage, but you were surrounded by the language so much that right. I imagine you picked it up quite quickly. No, uh, yeah, I I guess I did uh, pick yeah. it up uh, pretty quickly, especially being a child. You know, sure, being exactly. Yeah, fast learners when you're a child. Yeah. The thing about being a child, though, um, is when people say children learn quicker, one of the main reasons is because they're exposed to the language so much more. You have that contact. Mm -hmm. like when mm. you're in school, for example, you, you've just got that constant contact. Whilst, for example, for me in Italy, when I moved, I was an adult, I was 25. It took me a long time to learn because I was teaching English in the daytime. So all day I was teaching English. And then in the evenings, I was talking to my friends that were English. So it really took me a long time because I'd never actually had that contact with the language. Um, but anyway, so obviously you're a teacher now. Um, so basically, I just want you to tell us what your main tips are that you give your students to help them learn, basically. Uh, well, this probably might uh, be different depending on which part of like what kind of culture uh, people mm -hmm. are in, but in where in Korea, mm -hmm. uh, people uh, have this kind of an idea that uh, there is some like a secret method to learn it quickly and easily. Yeah, and I, I think I that's think, yeah in, in all of the world exactly, but obviously that's not really the case. But yeah, give us your right. thoughts. And so uh, one one of the advice uh, so, an, an advice that I give all of my students, and not just once when we're starting out, but I have to like constantly remind them of this, is that learning a language is really no different from like riding a bicycle or learning a musical instrument or learning to drive. You just, mm -hmm. the most important thing is to do it a lot, to Absolutely, actually yeah. use that skill a lot uh, because you're not putting knowledge in your head, you're learning to do something with your body and sure. it's a tool to communicate. So it's what's really important to is the actual experience. And a lot of people in my culture, they have this uh, kind of an excuse. They say, oh, but teacher, we don't have uh, we don't have any opportunity to speak to an actual foreigner. But I say that's that's not practice. That's the real thing. And practice is what you do before you meet the foreigner. Sure. And so um it's just like a soccer player going to the gym and just because he's a soccer player doesn't he doesn't only play soccer he'll go to the gym build up certain part of his body sure, right so that's to be that's the kind of the match sure exactly although, that's although i have of... to stop you for one second stan and say because i am right. english i have to say football okay i, ca I can't say soccer <laughs> i cannot say right. soccer okay right. you can okay. say okay that's fine but i i just uh -huh. can't it, it it's like a, a sin i will be arrested if i say soccer okay yeah. uh, but no you make a very good point about how mm -hmm. a football player 
um, is prepared for the actual match yeah because of what they do before well in England they play it on a Saturday but they train all week for that one mm-hmm. match mm-hmm. right so what I what I always try to have the learners understand and keep in mind is that what they're doing during the learning process is actually getting ready to ready for the actual game which is oh, that's, a, that's a really nice way of looking at it yeah right uh, which is actually you know uh, speaking to a foreigner mm-hmm. and so that's like the main game and to and to build up for that you got to go to the gym you got to do your own you know uh, you got to do your own practice by yourself and so that's the kind of mindset that I want the learners to have to be in sure absolutely yeah no that's right. absolutely brilliant yeah um, so what are the things that help people learn that you see that people don't do um uh, using everyday life and everyday experience mm-hmm. as a as a as a kind of a tool to practice their english so what i mean is uh one of the most effective methods that i found and i actually happened to find uh i ca- came across this kind of accidentally and and what that was was Taking, like, for example, everybody, everybody texts on their phone, right? And most of us probably use social media. Mm-hmm. And that itself can be a huge, uh, really good tool to practice your English. And wh- I'm not saying you should, everybody should start texting in English from, from now on. But what I'm saying is that, uh, at the end of the day, when you're in bed, you have your smartphone in your hand. What you do is go through all your text, texts with other people. So what you do is you go through all the texts with people, all your social media interactions with people, and kind of go through them. And in your head or even out loud, just kind of imagine how you would have phrased that in English, how you would have come up with that sentence in English. And you do that uh, often enough, right? You do that often enough because our activities on a daily basis, it tends to be pretty repetitive, right? And Right. So... You do that long enough and you get to this point where you can actually, it kind of grows on mm-hmm. you, you know? So you have, you already know, you kind of already know what, how you're going to phrase this in English the next time you come across a similar sure, conversation. Or, and especially with the vocabulary, because maybe you're trying to say something and you mm-hmm. don't have that specific vocabulary. So you can go and actually look that right. up and actually work out how to actually say that. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, what I usually tell the learners is that they don't really need to buy a textbook mm-hmm. or they don't really need to sign up for a class because what we go through on a daily basis in our you know routine life itself can be a great material to practice our sure. English because we just go through them as if as if they were kind of a mm-hmm. script and you're kind of preparing for a scene as, as yeah, an actor okay. or yeah, actress. I like it. Um, yeah. That's as, as well because my next question was going to be um, what resources can you recommend? But you've just actually answered that question um, with what mm. you said there. Because, yeah, I find that really interesting, actually, that people worry so much about what do I need to do, do I, what do I need to buy, when in reality, mm-hmm. I mean, you've got it right there. Right. Um, but so in your YouTube videos, tell us what you focus on mostly there mm-hmm. to help people learn. Uh, when I'm putting together videos and I'm working on the script, uh before I actually get into the mm-hmm. filming process is what kind of, whether, uh, sometimes it's just a vocabulary, sometimes it's just an expression, mm-hmm. or sometimes it's a whole sentence. Uh, sometimes it's a whole passage with a certain uh, sentence flow or structure that I want to 
uh, get the learners to start mm -hmm. practicing. Um, but what I focus on most is something that people can use like the next sure. day. It has to be like the the it has to be extremely practical. Sure. Yeah. Not. That's why I never say things like "if I were a bird" or anything like that. That's like the stupidest example I've ever heard of. When are you actually yeah. going to say that, right? But it's in the yeah, textbook. Yeah. And so my kind of, I guess you could say, philosophy or something is that whatever I show them, every example has to be something that most people can relate to. Sure. Something that makes them think, "Oh, I think I can use that tomorrow." Sure. You know. Yeah, so yeah, that's kind of what I focus on the most. Okay, yeah. I think the technical term for that might be functional language. But I noticed as well, you have a lot of repetition in the videos as well, which I really mm -hmm, like. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think when it comes to learning a language, especially if you're learning it uh, in order to just use the language, not to get into the, you know, like the analytical, you know, insides mm -hmm. of the language. But if you're just learning the language just to be just to be able to use it, I think there really is no better way than to listen and repeat. Sure, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, because that's the thing. Most people, I think, don't want to do that, maybe because they find it boring. Um, uh -huh. But that really is actually one of the main things. And again, if we go back to the example mm -hmm. of like a football player, how many times that they mm -hmm. have to play the same pass and do the same thing right. every day to be exactly. prepared for the actual match, yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay, well, Stan, it's been absolutely brilliant talking to you. Just let us know where people can find out more about you. Uh, you can uh, do a search on YouTube, mm -hmm. uh, Live Academy. I think it's actually the channel name is in Korean, but I think you still get pretty much the same results when you put it in English. Okay, so. I'll put a link to it in the show notes anyway so mm -hmm. people can find you. Okay, thanks a lot. Okay, well, thanks a lot, Stan, for coming on the show, and I hope to speak to you soon. All right. Thanks for having me. This was really fun. Also for me. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Um, a few things to take away from it. So the things to take away are the things to learn. Um, number one is that it's not as easy as everybody thinks for children to learn a language, is it? Everyone says, oh, you're a child. It's easy to learn a language. But the experience Stan was talking about there actually seemed like quite you know, a sort of traumatic experience. So it's probably not as easy as everyone thinks. I also absolutely loved his analogy of learning a language is like being a football player. You have to prepare during the week for the big match day when you have a conversation. I liked it so much that I've decided to forgive him for saying soccer and not football. One thing I'd like to add to that, actually, so when you have to prepare for this conversation, always try and use words that you've actually studied in the week. Go to that conversation thinking, I don't care what happens, I'm going to use this new word that I've just seen, that I've just learnt. Maybe you learnt it on rock and roll English, but you need to actually use it to stay in your long-term memory. So think, fuck it, I'm going to use this word, even if it makes no sense. Well, maybe not that last bit, but do your best to use words that you've just studied. I also really liked the idea of going through your messages on social media and think, how would I say that in English? Because that will tell you the vocabulary that you're missing and then you can go and find that vocabulary. And it was also very nice to hear him say that nothing beats listen and repeat. OK, you can do this with a podcast. You can repeat what I say. You can say it out loud. People will think you're crazy, but don't worry about them. 
fuck them. Or you can say it in your mind. Depends what you prefer. And you can also read along to the transcript, which remember you have for today's episode. And if this is the first time you've listened to the podcast, remember to subscribe to the podcast. So then you get one every Monday. It's a great way to stay in contact with the language without getting bored. Well, I hope you don't get bored. The idea is it's supposed to be entertaining, but I suppose you have to be the judge of that. But that's the idea, okay? I'm trying. Um, And then you obviously learn rock and roll vocabulary every single week. What is rock and roll vocabulary? Vocabulary, that is. Rock and roll, okay? Quite easy explanation, really, isn't it? Probably sort of C1 vocabulary is the main vocabulary we try to use on this show. Um, So, yeah, go to the website, rockandrollenglish.com, find today's episode, have a look around there, and I will see you all on Monday, people. In the meantime, though, just keep on rocking, baby. Thanks so much for listening to Rock and Roll English. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit rockandrollenglish.com and facebook.com slash rockandrollenglish. We'll catch you next time.